0: Good day and welcome to another edition of Crossfade Bible Ministries Bible Studies. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John chapter 4. We'll be covering verses 27 through 38 today. And the title of today's lesson is The Disciples Rejoin Jesus. Let's go back reviewing a few weeks. We've learned or, or, or we study where Jesus was at this well known as Jacob's well. And Jesus stared off to go to Jacob's well because he knew that there was going to be this Samaritan woman who goes to this well every day at noon and she draws water, if you remember, right? And Jesus meets her there. And as soon as Jesus gets to the well, they had been walking a great distance. His disciples are hungry. So his disciples leave. They leave Jesus at Jacob's well. But while they're gone, this Samaritan woman comes at noon to draw water. And she meets Jesus. Now, you got to understand, during this time, Samaritans and Jews didn't associate. They didn't communicate, much less a Samaritan woman with a Jewish man because Jesus is Jew, remember? So Jesus is there, and Jesus is talking to her about water. But Jesus is talking to her from a kingdom perspective. But she's thinking in the natural because that's really what we all do. We think in the natural, right? But Jesus is telling her that the water that he provides is everlasting. And she says, give me some of that water. I want it, right? In her mind, she's thinking I'm a middle-aged woman. I come to the swell every day and I draw and I draw and I draw water, but every day I need to come back because it's never enough. I'm never satisfied, right? And we know that in her life, her life is the same way because her life is in turmoil because she had been married five times and the man she is with now is not her husband. And Jesus calls her out on that, if you remember from last week's lesson. And Jesus says, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And in a sense, she's correct, but she's not telling the whole truth. And Jesus says, you are correct when you say you have no husband because the man you're with now is not your husband. So she's living an adulterous relationship. And that went against the religion of both the Jews and the Samaritan religion. And she kept going back to her roots. She kept going back to her tradition. She kept going back to her religion. And Jesus over and over and over again saying, it's not about your tradition or your culture. It's not about your religion, but it's about the kingdom of heaven. It's about me. See, that's why Jesus needs to be first place in our life, not a religion, not a tradition, not a culture, but Jesus himself. Because Jesus is the only way to get to the eternal kingdom of heaven. Amen? So what we're going to see today in today's lesson is that the disciples return and they find Jesus talking to this woman. And we're going to see that this woman leaves and she goes out proclaiming who she met, the Messiah, Jesus. So she's proclaiming the good news, the gospel, right? And the question that we need to ask ourselves Are we out spreading the gospel are we out spreading the good news or we like this samaritan woman to go and get people to come to jesus because that's what we're going to see in today's lesson so that open with that being said open up your bibles to john chapter 4 and starting in verse 27 this is what it says just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman but no one asked what do you want or why are you talking with her Then leaving her water jar, the the woman went back to the town and told the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and they made their way toward Jesus. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest time. But I tell you, open up your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage. And harvest a crop for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. So let's go back up to verse 27. Verse 27. Just then the disciples returned. And they were surprised to find him talking with the Samaritan woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? So we see the disciples, they come back. remember they went and get food, they were hungry. and while they were gone, Jesus meets up with this woman who's coming to draw water at noon at Jacob's well. But when they return, they see Jesus talking to her Now to them this is a shock, it's a surprise, right? It's not normal during this age, this this time, this culture because there's such a culture difference between the Jew, the Jews and the what, the Samaritans. Although the Samaritans were an offshoot of Judaism, they were different. They didn't communicate, right? Again, Jews felt like these Jewish women married these Gentile men. That's why they're called Samaritans, mixed race of Jewish people. So we're not going to associate with them. We're not going to even talk to them. We have nothing to do with them. So when they come back and they see Jesus talking to this Samaritan woman, they're in shock. It's not normal, right? But this is important. Because if you look at the scripture, it emphasizes the word woman. And remember what we said, anytime a a woman is emphasized in scripture, it speaks of redemption. So Jesus is speaking words of redemption here. And he's saying that that he is the Messiah, that he is the Redeemer. Because if you remember in last week's lesson, he left off with the woman saying, I am he. Meaning, I am the Messiah, I am the one that can save you, I am the Redeemer. But look what else the scripture says. It says that no one acts. So the disciples come back. They see Jesus talking to this woman, but no one said anything. They never never said, like, "What, what, what do you want from her? Or why are you talking to her, right? So they don't ask Jesus. Now they're thinking that in their mind, and Jesus knows they're thinking that because Jesus is going to come back to this later on in the Bible study that we're going to see in the scriptures. See, Jesus knows all our thoughts. He knows all our actions. He knows everything that we're thinking. Although they didn't say anything, they're thinking, why are you talking to this Samaritan woman? It just isn't right. Why? Because they're going back to what? The natural. They're going back to what? The cultural difference. The religious difference. Different traditions. That's what they're going back to. And how often do we do the same thing, right? That we always pit person against person, or race against race, or religion against religion, right? And that's what Jesus is saying here. Although they didn't say it, they're thinking it. And Jesus is going to call them out on it a little bit later on. Verse 28 says this, then leaving her water jar. The woman went back to the town and told all the people. So we see here that the woman is, she leaves and, and, and she's overjoyed, right? She goes into town and she's so happy she's overjoyed because she just met someone who told her everything about her life. And she knows that he has divine revelation from God. It can only come from God that he knows all of this. So she knows that he's the Messiah. She knows this. But she's in awe and she's in such shock that she goes into town and look what verse 29 says. She goes into town and she tells all the people, come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Look what she says. Could this be the Messiah? Right? So she goes back into town because she's overjoyed. She wants to share what she just experienced with people, that she met this man named Jesus who claims to be the Messiah. Now, she knows again that he's some type of prophet, divine revelation that he has that can only come from God himself. And she said, could this really be the Messiah? See, in her mind, she knows he is. But she's in such shock and such an awe. She's taken back. She's struck back. She says, could this really like be him? The ones that the prophets told us about. I just finished having a conversation with him, right? I just finished talking to him and he's telling me about everlasting water that will last for eternal life. So so she goes back into town and she spreads, you can say, the gospel, right? She spreads the good news, right? See, Jesus made it very clear to her who he was. But you see, God, he knows everything about us. Just like Jesus knew everything about this woman. See, this woman knew that she had failed many times in her life. Right? That, that, that she had been through five marriages. She's never was satisfied with a marriage. So she's always looking for something better. Right? why so Jesus tells her, the water that I give you. It's going to quench your thirst. You will be satisfied. It's going to be more than enough, right? She's living right now with this man that she's not even married to. So she's living in an adulterous relationship. So the people of her time, the community, even the Samaritans, right? They look at her as a sinner. They, They look at her as a failure. They look at her as a nobody, right? But then Jesus sees this woman in a different way. And that's how Jesus sees all of us as well. See, because we all have downfalls. We all fail in life. We all do things that that, that aren't pleasing to God. Maybe to the community that we feel isn't pleasing to God. But God loves us so much. He loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to the cross to die for us. So, we can have a chance to repent of our sins. So, we can have a chance to be redeemed in the kingdom of heaven, right? And that's how Jesus sees us, not as a failure, but he sees us as his child. He sees us as him wanting us to be free, wanting us to be redeemed. And the only way we can do that is through him. Amen? Verse 30. So, they came out of town and they made their way toward him. So, we see that the people hear the message that this woman is proclaiming. That she met the Messiah. And they want to come see for themselves. So they come looking for Jesus. You see, this woman proclaimed the good news. She brought people to Jesus. And and the question that I have today for you is, are you bringing people to Jesus? Are you leading people to the king? Are you leading people to his kingdom? Verse 31. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Now, we just witnessed that this woman, this Samaritan woman, is bringing people to Jesus. But look what the disciples are doing right here, right? The disciples are worried about food. See, and that's a problem that the disciples had. The disciples always fall short, right? Because they always think natural. They always think in the flesh. They don't think Kingdom minded. They don't think in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual world. They're always thinking in the natural form. They're always thinking from a flesh perspective, so to speak. Verse 32, but he said to them, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, I have food to eat that that you know nothing about. So he is speaking of himself here in a kingdom way. He's speaking of himself, you can say, in some type of spiritual way. Because he's kingdom minded. He's he's thinking from a kingdom perspective. And that's how he wants us to think here on earth. He wants us to constantly be having that kingdom mind perspective. Verse 33, then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? So you see the disciples are still thinking in the natural here. They're still thinking in the flesh because they look at each other and they ask each other, right? Just what Jesus said. About food in the verse before. They look at each other and they say, well, maybe someone brought them food. And maybe we aren't sure of this, right? Maybe maybe this is why Jesus isn't, isn't hungry. See? See, this tells us and it shows us here in this last few scriptures that when we submit to God's will, right? When we are a true believer, a true disciple of God, when we're walking in the Spirit, we, we submit to His will. We submit to the Holy Spirit. We engage in, in spiritual truth, you can see. We serve in God. God will supernaturally provide for us all, right? Because here's the truth, right? Jesus had traveled a great distance. Remember, all he had to do was go straight on a straight line, a straight road, but he veered off, and he had to go down hills and mountains and valleys. And it was in the heat of the day, right? It was hot. It was around noontime. He reaches Jacob's well. But really, in a sense, Jesus goes to the well not because he's thirsty. He goes to the well because he knows this Samaritan woman's going to be there, and this Samaritan woman is broken. This Samaritan woman is lost in her religion, is lost in her culture. And Jesus wants to redeem her, and Jesus wants to save her. So he goes to that well and he says, Give me some water to start a conversation. But in reality, Jesus is not hungry. Which tells us this message, that when we are focusing on the work of God, that there's power that comes to us through Him. Now this is what he's trying to say right here, right? You see, he doesn't need the physical. That's what he's telling us, to serve God. Because when you walk in the Spirit, and you allow the Holy Spirit to move, and you're doing the will of God, and you're doing God's work, that God will supernaturally move in your life and provide and give you everything that you need to survive. Everything that you need according to his will and his purposes and his plans and what he has for you. Amen. Verse 34, my food said Jesus is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. So Jesus is showing us here first off how to be obedient to the father. See, are we obedient to the Father today? Or are we living our own life? Are we thinking in the natural? Are we living in the flesh? Or are we kingdom-minded, trying to make a difference for the kingdom of heaven? Go and tell people about the gospel, bringing people to Jesus, just like this Samaritan woman, right? So Jesus right here is showing us first how to be obedient, but also he lets us know right here that he came for a purpose. And he says, i come for a purpose, and it's to finish the work. Of my father, in other words, he came, he's speaking about the crucifixion, he's speaking about his death, burial, and the resurrection that will take place soon. You see, the nourishment that Jesus, we can also say this that the message also gives us this that the nourishment that Jesus was speaking, right, doesn't just include praying to him, reading the truth, reading his holy Bible, reading the word, attending church. I mean, all those are very, very important. Don't get me wrong. Much important. But Jesus is also saying here that in order for us to finish being nourished, right? Because you can pray. You can have that relationship because he wants you to do that every day. Talk to him and pray to him and listen to him and let the Holy Spirit guide you through reading the truth of God and implementing that truth of God in your life. I'm speaking about the Holy Bible, right? You got to put the Holy Bible first. You got to put Jesus first. You got to put the truth first because Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way. He is the life. He is our Redeemer. He is our Savior. Amen. So, what he's saying here, in order for that nourishment to be completed, right, you need to also nourish others in order for your salvation to be complete. That's what he's saying here, right? You see, we are nourished, but not only what we take in, but also what we give. Out to the kingdom. Also what we give out to God. Amen. Verse 35. Don't you have a saying? This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. It's four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. So what he's saying is this. That when you are focusing on the natural. When you are focusing on the physical aspect of it. That you're going to miss out on the spiritual harvest. That you can give right now. Or that you can receive right now. Because look what he says. It's still four months until harvest. Now four is related to the world in scripture. So what Jesus is saying is that he's telling his disciples, you really don't understand. But what you do understand is a worldly harvest. That's what he's saying. Because four months from now, he's saying, it's going to be the harvest that we need to harvest the crops. We need to harvest the grain. That's what he's saying here. This is what you understand, he's saying. You understand the worldly perspective. You understand the fleshly perspective. But what you don't understand is the spiritual harvest, is what he's saying. You don't understand that God has already sold. In other words, he sold through his prophets, handpicked people to do his work, to, to harvest the kingdom. Right? But you see, if, if we aren't spiritually sensitive to those things, if we aren't spiritually sensitive to the kingdom of God, here right now, then what he's telling us is we're going to miss out on a great harvest. Because look what he says. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Now, if you look in the book of Proverbs, there's a scripture that says, he who is wise takes souls. But in order to do this, you need to be walking in the spirit. You need to be spirit led right? You, you have to know what souls are ready to be taken, so to speak, right? I mean, if you just look at a plant and you decide that plant's ready to be harvested, right? Or the fruit's ready to be picked. How do you know that? Because you see signs, you see evidence. So what he's saying here is, men, you're focusing on food. You're wondering, he goes back to that verse earlier, you're wondering about this Samaritan woman and why I was speaking to this Samaritan woman. You see, he's saying you understand all these things because they are of this world. In other words, the religious differences, the cultural differences, the cultural norms, the problems that they have in society, the problems between the two groups, the Jews and the Samaritans. He said you understand food, you understand hunger, you understand all these earthly things. But what you're missing out on is the spiritual indicators of life. So what Jesus is saying in a nutshell is this. He's saying... You're focusing more on the natural. You're focusing more on the flesh. And because you're focusing more on the natural and the flesh, you're missing out on the kingdom aspect that God has in store for you. Amen. See, there are seeds that are sowed. And those seeds that are sowed need to be reaped. They need to be harvested. And Jesus is talking about bringing these people that want harvest in their life, bringing them to the kingdom, bringing them to the king, bringing them to him. We can also look at this scripture like this, right? Sometimes we, as Christians, we're supposed to be followers. We're supposed to be disciples. That's what he tells his disciples in the Great Commission, right? Go preach the gospel to all the nations of the world. But you see, we as Christians, sometimes we don't do that. And we don't do that and we make excuses why we're not bringing people to Jesus. But Jesus makes it very clear here, right? That around us is this dark and evil world that we live in. And there's a harvest that's ready to be reaped. That's been sold by other people that was handpicked by God. Maybe the prophets. Maybe teachers or whatever. And, And somebody needs to hear about Jesus and his kingdom today. Amen. So don't let Jesus find you making excuses. Why are you not enlarging his kingdom? Because all you need to do, he's telling us, is look around. And you're going to find someone who needs to hear God's holy word. But you can only be spirit led. He's saying those that need to be harvested, the spirit will let you know who needs to hear it. And if you go to someone and you tell them about Jesus and you preach the gospel and they don't want to hear it, then you do exactly what Jesus told his disciples to do. Thus. The, the, the dust off their feet and do what move on go to the next one because somebody needs to hear it today especially in this world that we live in there's dark That's evil and it's getting colder by the day why because of sin no repentance of sin and sin is the separation between you and god and the more you sin the further away from god you become right and there's a certain point in time, the Bible says, that if you get or a person gets so far away from God, that God can't even reach you no more because you didn't block them off. And we need to help these people before they reach that point. That's what God calls us to do, to be his disciples, to preach the good news, to preach his word, to bring people to Jesus. Amen. Verse 36, even now the one who reached draws a wage and a harvest, a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. So we see that this is a reward that Jesus offers here, right? If you bring people to him, if you tell people about the goodness of his kingdom and about the king that rules, he's talking about himself. He's saying that once you you do all of this, that there's a reward for you at the end, that you'll be worshiping him with that person that you bring to him. So we need to ask ourselves this question, right? Are we people that are interested in the kingdom of God? I mean, we, we can all say, yes, we are. But, but the question is this. This is the real question. Are you really living it? Are you really telling people about Jesus? Are you sowing for the kingdom? Are you bringing people to the king? Are you bringing people to Jesus, Yeshua? Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true, verse 37. So he's saying here that in order to enlarge the kingdom, One person has to go tell another person about the goodness of God, about the goodness of Jesus, about the kingdom of heaven. And the other must accept it as all true. That's what he's saying here, right? Because what one sows, another reaps. Once you sow into the kingdom, somebody else is reaping what you're sowing, and they're going to take what you What you sow, they're going to reap that harvest, and they're going to go to somebody else, and they're going to sow in that person, and that person's going to reap that harvest, and it, it continues on. That's what we are called to be as disciples, to plant seed for somebody else to reap it. Amen? We sow, somebody else reaps, and the same chain goes on and on and on until Jesus calls us home with the rapture of the church. Amen? Verse 38. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for and others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So this tells us that others have gone before us. Others have gone and planted that seed, right? Whether it be through a prophet, maybe somebody that God had picked like a Bible teacher or a pastor or a priest or a minister, whatever it is, somebody somebody has sowed in To the word, sold into the kingdom. And there's a harvest that's ready to be labored, that's ready to be picked. So this is telling us that when we participate in the activities of others, right? Now we can go back to verse 36. When we do this, Jesus says there's a reward for doing that. And what a great offering he's making us here, right? He's saying others have done the work before you, right? For the purpose of harvesting. In other words, for the purpose of taking souls, bringing them to the kingdom. He's saying, I've let somebody sow that. Now there's a harvest to be ready to be reaped. I want you to go reap it, right? I I want you to tell them about the goodness of heaven, to tell them about the goodness of Jesus, to speak to them the good news, the gospel. See, if you're wise, if we're kingdom-minded, right? If we're individuals that are sensitive as to how God wants to use us, right? Then you're going to be praying and you're going to be asking Him and seeking Him, God, show me these individuals that others have already planted, sowed into, where I can go reap, where I can go harvest them and bring them to you. You see, the wages that Jesus offers are the joys of working for Him. But not only working for him, but seeing that harvest of believers that he's going to bring us to to reap. See, usually a sower sees nothing but the seeds. But the reaper sees the great reward for the harvest, right? But in Jesus's work, this is what Jesus is saying here. Both the sower and the reaper will be rewarded. Because when you see new believers come to Christ, we all enter into that narrow road that leads through that narrow gate that leads to his kingdom in heaven. Amen? And that's why he's saying, not only the sower, but the reaper, both of us, we're going to enjoy that reward. Where? In the kingdom of heaven. In his kingdom. Amen? And that ends our lesson for today. We'll be back next week. We're going to continue on in the gospel of John. Until next week, go be a blessing to someone. Go be that light in that dark world. Go spread the gospel, right? Put that seed down in someone. Or maybe you call to harvest someone that already has that seed in them, right? But whatever the good Lord and whatever the Holy Spirit leads you and calls you to do, we need to be obedient to His Word. We need to be obedient to Him. And we need to reap. We need to sow. We need to reap. We need to harvest into the kingdom of heaven. Well, until next week, we appreciate you all tuning in. We love you guys. God bless.